0: Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of pre-market prep. And today is the day, the day that a lot of traders have been waiting for. NVIDIA's earnings coming after the close will be make or break, especially for the tech side of the market. Of course, uh, looks like tech can be sliding for the second day in a row. We're not used to that in uh, 2024's market. Didn't know that we were, were allowed to go down two days in a row. Uh, we'll be talking to Martha Stokes today, talking some Palo Alto Networks earnings. Let's go ahead and get the show started. Welcome to Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. This is a volatile puppy here. It's all about
1: execution styles and strategies.
0: all right let's go ahead and run through the major indices before i bring my man dennis on the cues like i said trading down again this morning after closing down uh almost a full percent yesterday go over to the spy also trading a little bit lower this morning down industrial average everything in the red even bitcoin trading off a little bit let's bring my man dennis on dennis how are we doing this morning we're doing pretty good we're looking hey, we at do- a
1: pullback I know we didn't go the, you add me, I add you, you know, (laughs) go back and forth here. I think I'll just add myself here going forward and then we won't get crossed up. So I'm hiding in the background. When you give me the cue, I'll add me.
0: Beautiful. Love it.
1: Yeah. What a day and what a night for earnings. Huge, huge, huge tech movers. And I mean something fierce here. Let's start with the big daddy from last night, which is having... One of its worst days ever here today. Palo Alto Networks down $87 now. The Momo trade coming off fiercely here. AB, talk to me about this earnings report.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just... uh, Hold on, I'm waiting for this uh, to refresh real quick in here. With Palo Alto, I mean, we, we talked about how some of these expectations, again, bar just set very high for basically everything in this space Uh uh-oh all right hold on let me go ahead and pull these numbers up uh
1: i've got them in front of me i got your back here so we'll just go to palo alto networks i'll read he's gonna work on the charts here because he's got a little spinning action going on there A dollar 46 versus a dollar 30 was a beat on the bottom line top line beat as well 1.98 billion versus 1.97 billion guidance just slightly light and when you're a momo company with a 50 p.e. or 55 p.e. You can't have light guidance. $1.24 to $1.26 for Q3. Analyst estimates were up at $1.29. Revenue guidance for Q3, also light $1.95 billion versus, or to $1.98 billion versus analyst estimates of $2.04 billion. Full year, they're still seeing that they're going to hit five forty-five dollars to five fifty-five. dollars Estimates around five fifty-one, dollars But again, that's not a blow away. Even if it's in line on that guidance, it's not good enough when you've got a PE of 55 or 60. That P.E. coming in rapidly here today because the stock has fallen so far. I was just doing the calculation before I started the pre-market show. P.E. now, if they do hit that 555 target, is only 50 on P.A.N.W., which is as low as it's been for a while. Now, still, the P.E. is still 50. So, I don't know. Like, if the growth slows a little bit here, is it worth 50? That's the question. That's the question the market's asking. But, wow, if you were looking for a dip to buy Palo Alto Networks,
0: you got your wish. All right, we do got the Benzinga Pro up now. Uh, what right now, Dennis, would you say are like the biggest stocks moving with this report on uh, Palo Alto this morning?
1: Um, all the cybersecurity stocks are getting hammered here. So we'll do the technicals. We'll just go through them like Fortinet, wherever you want to go. Fortinet, CyberArk, you could go. Sentinel One is really getting hit because Sentinel One is really how to move. S. There's just a pile of them. If you want to just look at the ETF, hack. CrowdStrike getting just kicked in here this morning. That's a big fall for CrowdStrike, down 9.6%. Again, all these stocks got lofty PEs, so you don't want to see inline earnings or slight misses. That's just not going to do it. This Momo trade, just talk the overall market here for a second, was coming unwound yesterday. It started with SMCI on Friday. Then it spilled over to all the Momo stocks. We talked on the show even about Lilly being the potential for, you know, Coming back down. Well, that has happened here because obviously Momo stock as well opened right at the highs. If you shorted the open, you basically took no heat, sold off 45 points. It's got another downgrade. We'll get to that in a second. But just talking overall, Momo trade in two days went from bliss to that PISS word. So not looking that great if you're long all these Momo stocks. With that being said, AB, you're a young guy. Do you look at Palo Alto Networks and think, well, hacks aren't going away. We're going to need cybersecurity probably for the rest of our lives here. Do you look at Palo Alto Networks as a leader in the space and say, I'm willing to pay a a P of 50 for this thing because I think they're going to grow earnings over time. Thoughts, concerns, A, B.
0: Yeah, I mean, so like you said, I mean, over time, the, and especially with, uh, we were talking about this with Chaykin, the more and more companies are moving toward integrating AI and stuff like that into the workflow. workflow I think there's going to be more and more need for good cybersecurity. Uh, and over time, I think this, I do think this industry will just continue to grow. So any of these names whether you're talking about Fortinet, Palo Alto, like I could get talked into holding long-term. I guess one of my big concerns with this, Dennis, would be that why wouldn't, you know, the biggest tech players, Microsoft, et cetera, why wouldn't they also be a good cybersecurity play? Uh, I don't know if they're if Microsoft hires, you know, some of these cybersecurity companies. But when you're talking about how many companies use, say, Microsoft Office or Microsoft Teams, like obviously you want that stuff to be secure. You don't want corporate secrets, you know, companies getting hacked, stuff like this. Um, But again, the more and more companies move toward AI and stuff like this, I think there will be more demand for cybersecurity. So long term. Uh yeah I don't I, I I think basically anything in this space I wouldn't mind holding I don't have a edge in in saying okay I like Fortinet more than Palo Alto right now yeah. uh, anything like that you can see this morning uh, you got a lot of downgrades coming in on Palo Alto um Ro- uh, Rosenblatt lowers the price target to two sixty five that's coming after some really bullish price targets from Rosenblatt the uh, last few days Loop Capital downgrades palo alto to hold announces 300 price target so again i mean when we talked about shaking with this that kind of the cybersecurity security players or it plays could be kind of these auxiliary plays for the ai trade i don't think that story is going away but again i don't have an edge in terms of hey i, lo- I love palo alto compared to fortinet or whatever I, th- I think the industry will be fine in the long run though
1: i think it's something and a good point you're making is The bar, you know, the barriers to entry here, like the barriers to entry, like there's a lot of these cybersecurity stocks and I don't cover the industry well enough to know how they differentiate from each other. So is there going to be more in the future? Are some of these companies, to your point, going to start doing cybersecurity on their own? Like Microsoft does do some stuff, you know, like, do they need, you know, Sentinel One? Do they need Palo Alto? Do they need CrowdStrike or will they figure it out on their own? I mean, there's all those things to consider. So, it it's not a slam dunk to just come in here and say, yeah, Palo Alto Network, cybersecurity, we're going to need that in the future. And, you know, we're going to pay 50 times right now. We're going to make a lot of money with that. With that being said, good companies, buying good companies on dips, and Palo Alto has been one of the best, has been rewarded in the past. So, if you're coming in here today, I won't argue with you. I won't say, you know, like, well, what are you doing? You know, this is, you know, obviously a really disappointing quarter. I, I get it. Part of me wants—I don't have any cybersecurity in my long-term portfolio, cybersecurity stocks. So, part of me wants to join you and say, "Hey, Palo Alto Networks down 23% today. Sounds like you know, like that's the time to be coming in here." I think I wait until the dust settles a little bit, though. Again, to quote my friend Brian Shannon, buy the strength after the dip. Don't buy the initial dip because sometimes those initial dips continue to fall, and you know, sometimes they bounce right back. We've kind of turned, if we were to, Palo Alto Networks would report this last week when we were buying Momo stocks, it has a better tendency to bounce back. But the market has turned against Momo at least, you know, for the last couple of days. So it's a little bit of a tough day for it to report into. Good support down here, though, if we look at the charts and let's do, you know, maybe we can zoom into the early January. We're back to the January uh, lows here. So we're just basically giving back this year's gains. So we're not going back like years and years of gains here. We're giving back this year's gains. The lows for this year back in January, 282, multiple lows at 282, 281. We're at 279. Can we get back up to 281 and hold that? Well, that's if you're bullish a stock, that's what you want to see. You want to see that 281 hold. You don't want to see it start breaching that. Then you start thinking the stock could go to 250. But the stock is still expensive, and it's just disappointed. Maybe I'm going to sit on the sidelines for a bit.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you're coming in and trying to buy this dip, it probably depends on your time horizon. Because, like you said, Dennis, sometimes these things snap right back after a big. Dip like this, but that's not really the you know, that's 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 not what you see the most common. You know, it it usually moves a little bit lower from there. So, like for me, if I was going to buy and hold this for 10 years, okay, maybe it wouldn't matter if I came in and bought it today and it keeps moving lower by another five, 10 percent and then turns around. But if you're going to try to, you know, hold this for a swing trade for two weeks or whatever, then I wouldn't feel that convicted today that this is going to, I'm going to buy it right here and then all of a sudden it's going to bounce back in the next couple days. Obviously. Uh, you know, if NVIDIA blows it out of the water this afternoon and tech's back, back in favor and the queues are yes. up 3% tomorrow, then that's a different story because no. uh, then, then people will probably feel a little bit better about buying the dip. But there's all this uncertainty right now. Um, I, I do want to talk about the Momo trade. I mean, you mentioned it. We've been talking about SMCI a lot. Um, yes. You know, yesterday, the trading action, obviously... Uh, real ugly off the open, but if you look after after the open, I mean, SMCI went from being down like 20% to only down 5% at one point. Were you watching yeah. SMCI yesterday? Were you trading? Yeah, it at I, all? I had it
1: on my screen nonstop. Um, it was just we went from buyer exhaustion on Friday morning incredibly to seller exhaustion on Tuesday afternoon or t- Tuesday, well, Tuesday morning, really, I guess, because of bottom on the Tuesday morning. Um, So I've got the five five
0: minute chart right here. You can see, so right here where my cursor is, is where we opened uh, at around 800 a share. The stock just sold off all the way down to got below 700. And then that That, 700 level kind of acted as like a psychological, I guess, you know, one of those round numbers. And it kind of bounced right off that 700. So you went from 800 at the open down below 700 by 11 o'clock all the way back up to back to 800 by you know the close so i mean it was just a crazy trading day for smci uh um, the stock
1: lost 400 points in basically a little over one trading session you know losing a lot of that on friday and then tuesday morning so unbelievable pullback that's you know i didn't think it would pull back i thought it was gonna pull back significant i didn't think it was pull back that hard that quick um the question is, you know, where, and you know, I had multiple people reach out, where are you rebuying SMCI? Again, I wanna see some consolidation. I wanna see some strength. I wanna see the NVIDIA report. You know, I don't wanna dive in here and then they hammer NVIDIA and they hammer SMCI again here. So, which brings us to that, which we should talk about in a second. Um, we can tie it in with the Vertiv uh, report here as well, because Vertiv involved in data centers yep. as well. Um, I, I think on SMCI, I'm going to wait until I start to see some consolidation, though. I don't want to just be a hero and catch the falling knife. And that's what you were doing yesterday. And some people were rewarded. But I mean, the people who are the heroes, you know, at 900, nope. 800, nope. The person that bought at 700, yes. So it's a little bit, you know, just a guessing game on where these things are going to bounce. We can say, oh, it bounced at this moving average or this moving average. There's always a moving average. Something's bouncing at. So I, I don't give, you know, a lot of credit to, like, you know, the people, oh, it's at this moving average. It's more just, you know, where does the sellers wash out? We had a lot of people chasing it. We washed a lot of those out yesterday morning. Now, can it back and fill? Can it, you know, have some consolidation here? Start to hook and, you know, did a little hook on the chart and start to look higher. That's where I get interested. But with NVIDIA looming large here tonight, hard to take a position SMCI ahead of that.
0: Yeah, I almost know, like I I know myself, and if I really loved SMCI here, which I'm I'm not gonna do this, and I'm not saying you know oh you know this is not financial advice. I don't think that this is how you should play it. But if I did love SMCI, Dennis, and really wanted to own it, I think I would buy a tiny bit today, just in like the chance that Nvidia crushes it, and then we're looking at SMCI up back at to a thousand dollars tomorrow, and then I'd be like oh my god, I missed it. So that way, if I at least take a tiny you know little position on it today and then it say it moves lower tomorrow then i can be like okay well now you know uh i, I can get in at a lower cost basis and and whatever but i wouldn't want to again if i love this stock wouldn't want to miss a big move that you could get with nvidia but like,
1: i don't think it'll move i think if nvidia blows it away i think SMCI could gain 100 points i don't see it gaining 250 points on an, on an nvidia blow away i just don't see it and i do believe nvidia is going to blow it away I'm just not sure, you know, this market really hates Momo right now. I mean, it's a tough tape for NVIDIA to report in. Is the blow away even enough? That's something to ask yourself as well. Um, Let's tie this in with the Vertiv Report, VRT. uh... A a lot of people don't follow this company. Some people were calling it, you know, um, the SMCI. This is where, you know, the next SMCI is going to be. They do cooling for data centers. So they are tied in with this whole AI movement here as well. Now, the question, you know, was in the earnings report, are they going to SMCI? And a lot of people thought that they were going to come out and blow it away like SMCI. That did not happen. They beat, but they did not blow it away like SMCI. And that's why the stock is taking it on the chin here. Not a cheap stock either. Not crazy expensive, but not cheap. Give us that report here, A, B.
0: Yep. So, uh, EPS came in at 56 cents. Like you said, a slight beat by, uh, the estimates of 53 cents. So three cent beat on the EPS sales, 1.86 missed the $1.88 billion estimate. So missed by about, uh, you know, two million, uh, $2 million there. Um, but I mean, like, Again, like you said, the the expectations just for this—it's in the data cooling space. People are like, "Oh, cloud, uh, yeah. data data storage, oh, yeah. AI—I mean, everything." It's like it's all the buzzwords you want that we've been looking at all year this year. And so you it's know, it's tied in here. Yeah, uh, and,
1: and a lot of people were saying, you know, move as move from SMCI, move into Vertiv, and I really considered doing that actually. But then I, I saw it reporting. I've day traded it a little bit, so I have been in this um, trading it a bit, uh, but. I haven't really, you know, went all in on this one here like I did on SMCI. Not that I went all in, but not you know buying it in the long term portfolio and holding and you know thinking this is going to be the next SMCI. It might be. Um, I, I, I've got to do more research on it, maybe, and you know just see how much of their business is from you know AI potential and how much is you know, other businesses. You know, analyzing all that's important too. But you know, so far, not so good. For the VRT shareholders, this really washed out this morning, though. If you bring up that chart just from the overnight trading here, yeah. pre-market, this got all the way down to 48 bucks on this report. So they absolutely hammered this stock. It has bounced back off $7 off that low, so they have come in and bought the dip on this thing. But, man, the algos really overshot here again, as they always seem to do, down to 48 I think I would be a buyer down there at 50. Like I did do, you know, this is some multiple calculation here. And this thing's only trading about 30 times earnings. So if you think this is a big AI play, maybe this is one you are looking to dip to buy on. I think if i got back down to 50, I'd be more interested here. But again, I think I want to do some more research. Yeah, I know right? Christian Bromhurt, you know, like this company. I'm not sure if he, he doesn't like holding through reports. I'm not sure he'll look through the report. Uh, but, you know, I trust Christian's research. And not that, you know, this report wasn't that bad. It's just maybe the SMCI set the bar too high for well,
0: and the it, and, it, and it's similar. I feel like to Palo Alto's chart when you look at it, that it's not like you know this this stock is down thirty percent and giving up you know the last six months of gains. So you know this could just be a little bit of the froth of of okay this ran up in the last 6 weeks with everything yeah. else and now you're seeing that kind of pull back and retrace yeah. to maybe where it should have been trading at before all this kind of euphoria entered the market around these names and if you're looking to get long these names, and that's the case, then that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. That okay, now the stock's trading at a more reasonable valuations where the company is, and it's not tied up on all of this. Uh, you know, oh my God, we just got to buy everything and anything related to AI. Um, so I mean, the AI
1: I- short term bubble has popped. I do believe that there's going to be a reinflation here because I don't think this is a one and done. I think AI is real. I think five years from now, we're going to have AI in everything. I don't think a lot of people think it's just chatbots. The chatbots suck. This is just another bubble that's burst. And now you don't have to look at it anymore. I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be tied into a lot of things. I do think it could be like the internet was in in 2000, tying everybody together, you know, AI helping with so many different things, you know, and humanoid aspect of it too. I mean, right now the humanoids are just doing kind of what they're told to do, but you give a little AI and they can think and do some stuff here. You know, you start getting Terminator visions, but you try not to think about the, ne- the negatives, just the positives. I think it's going to be huge. So I do well, think you want these companies on your shopping list. I think, you know, the SMCI is going to be a buy at one point. I think the VRT is going to be a buy. I do believe if NVIDIA gets a dip, it's going to be a buy. But I don't know if I want to come in on buy on day one. I like to buy strength after, not catch the falling knife. It's just not my style.
0: Yeah, and I mean the thing with the people speculating that this AI thing is just a bubble. Oh, it's like we, we, when everyone wanted to buy Web three stocks, you know, a year a couple years ago, and everyone was rushing out to try to you know find their different Web three. It's I don't think it's the same because you're already seeing. I mean, in, in, through Nvidia's earnings, you're already seeing the effects of the the new demand for AI and how much growth uh, it's creating for the company. And obviously, that's the one. Nvidia is the one that people have been. Rushing to and been getting the most attention, rightfully so, because it's seen as the leader in this space. Uh, But again, in the last year, you can look at NVIDIA's earnings and see what a growth driver this has been. Uh, and we'll see tonight if that continues to be the case.
1: Well, let's go into it and just preview yeah. it here. Well, I want to because... talk about...
0: Uh, so in, in addition, we're obviously going to preview the earnings tonight, but I did want to kind of get your thoughts on yesterday's trading action on NVIDIA because, I mean, I was surprised to see at one point it down like 6% yesterday. Yeah. Um, do you think that is more investors like that you think the street's expecting this report to be underwhelming and people getting out ahead of it or that some of this kind of again froth is just being taken out uh and then now you're getting a a a more reasonable valuation into the report
1: i think smci spooked everyone i think you know some investors held the smci and they were like well it's gonna just bounce right back and it didn't and then it lost 40 percent in 24 hours And that was the cue to take profits and all of this stuff. And that's what we have seen happen. You know, it's basically profit-taking. It isn't like, you know, and maybe it's fear of going in the report. And, you know, and I'm somewhat nervous going in the report. Um, I still have my core position in NVIDIA. I told you last, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I bought more at 6.10. I sold those extra shares that I had, I think around 6.90. Uh, But I have the core position, the original position that I bought at 4.05. And then I, I bought more at 5.05, I think it was. Um, On the breakout, I have all those shares. Um, I haven't sold any of those shares. When I bought those shares, I liked it for the long-term story. I said, you know, even on this show, I think eventually Nvidia is going to be a thousand-dollar stock. The question, you know, is, you know, am I strong enough to hold through the report? Yeah, I think so. It's not like it's a you know, hundred percent of my position or even ten percent of my portfolio. I'm always diversified. I think if I looked at Nvidia, it might be. 3 or 4% of my portfolio. It might be 5 because it's moved up quite a bit. I haven't fully analyzed it there of my investing portfolio. So it's, you know, it's a chunk, um, a good chunk. And it would suck if the stock, you know, misses and goes down 100 points. But I just think the story here is real. And I think that it might go down because it's reporting into a tough tape. It is, you know, has been the thing with Palo Alto Networks, gives back the entire 2024 20, gain, you know. So NVIDIA, to give back the entire 2024, four game would be down at five hundred dollars i don't think that's gonna happen i think the report is gonna be good it's a matter can it hit lofty expectations i mean dan nathan last night on cnbc you know he was all prancing around because nvidia had its first down dan he's hated the stock all the way up and you know he he commented that he thinks they might actually guide down for the quarter i think that's absurd i think that's just a bear that just got too excited and now it's just you know spewing you know nonsense I very much don't think NVIDIA is going to guide down. I think NVIDIA is going to have good guidance. I think they're going to have a good report. It's a matter of can we hit that super lofty expectations that are around it? Like everybody's expecting them to report like last quarter where they really blow it away. I don't know if they can blow it away that much. So that's why I think you're seeing the profit taking into the report.
0: Yeah, and I've got some of the financials pulled up here in Benzinga Pro. So this is... Uh, just total revenue per quarter, uh, and if you look, you know, so a couple quarters yeah, ago, zoom in
1: there, so if people with me like the glasses, I gotta collect
0: this. Yeah. Okay. Those so, so a few quarters mean. ago, three months ending in uh, April of last year, they did about uh, we'll call it seven billion in this quarter. Then yeah. the next quarter, they did thirteen billion. So that basically, yeah. that's an increase of basically fifty percent there. And then the quarter after that, they did eighteen billion. So they went from they went from seven to thirteen to eighteen. So in order to maintain that growth, this number would basically have to come in at like twenty five billion. And uh, I mean, like again, uh, my my point in the quarter in the quarter in the quarter. And someone in the chat was saying like, where where are you using AI right now? It You know, it, it's, people aren't, it's not there. that I'm not talking about me using AI. I'm not talking about Dennis using AI. I'm talking about companies, whether it's Microsoft, whoever, coming out and buying these NVIDIA chips for what it's wanting to do with AI in the future. That's what's driving these earnings for NVIDIA is, you know, them the other businesses buying these chips. And you can see that reflected. And again, here, I'll pull up the annual uh, uh, revenue right here. You can see, I mean, we were hovering around I'll zoom in again, 21, 24, 26, 29. Okay, now, boom, you get the AI trade, 29. Okay, it goes down one quarter to 28, 26, 25, now 32, 44. So you've seen in like one year, this thing explode almost yeah. double revenue. And that's all driven by this new demand for AI. So I'm not, you know, people are like, oh, no one's you really using chat, GPT. People are still using Google. Fine, sure. But either way, companies are buying these chips and you can see that growth from NVIDIA. We'll see tonight. If it can maintain that great. Uh... Uh, I'm,
1: so, so I'm not going to have a trade into this report. I only have the long-term investment into this report. And, you know, I am up significantly in the long-term investment. You know, 400 to 700 is nothing to like sneeze at. Now, again, I did add to it at 500. So I, I don't know what my percentage of gain on there is. Probably like 45 or 50%, you know, with the 500 ad. So, you know, that a lot of people are like, well, you know, that's in two months. You should take that gain. And, and it's maybe prudent to take that gain. But I feel like this is, just, this is still the story here. I don't want to be all out of AI. I just don't think it's like you know we've seen bubbles burst and then that's the end and you just forget about it. So I'm 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 intending to hold my the rest of my Nvidia position through this report. I'm all out of SMCI. I have half of my AMD. So that's where I'm at from my original NASA. I still have my Amgen, which has just been a disaster. They came out and obviously the numbers and they didn't talk about the drug and the report and you know it's down here at this point in time. So it's not been good. Um, But, you know, the NAS of the NASA, my original acronym, has done really, really well. Again, booked the gains in the SMCI, holding the majority of the NVIDIA position, holding half the AMD. That's where I'm at. I plan on staying there. I'm kind of comfortable there. If it goes down 100 points on the report, it's going to suck, but so be it. Would I rebuy, you know, and add to it? Possibly, but not on day one.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, like, if you're super bullish, if you're super bullish, what, this time last week, uh, on Nvidia into earnings think they're gonna blow it away. and now we've gotten these, you know, two red days in a row that's fallout from SMCI. I don't think that necessarily changes anything for Nvidia. The expectations might be lowered a little bit. and Nvidia went from like seven fifty to six eighty in two three trading days. So I mean, that's a drawback of seventy dollars, nearly ten percent. I think, you know, if you were bullish this last week, then well, there's what? What's so? Now you get it at a better price point. Well, why would you not it, be bo- bullish and, now just because of a, a little shakeout?
1: It's a good point, and Spinner, you know, making that point in the chat too. The old bar came slightly down here. You know, we were at, you know, we're at all time highs going into the report, and Palo's firing on all cylinders. But now we've seen Palo Alto kind of disappoint. The Vertiv report wasn't that great. People are like, oh, well, maybe the Nvidia is not going to be that great. And they're hitting it this morning because of that. There's some nervous Nellies going into this report. Maybe those nervous Nellies, you know, could be disappointed that they sold if NVIDIA actually does blow it away and go higher. I'm not in the crystal ball business here. I think long-term NVIDIA is going to go higher. I think short-term, this is kind of a coin flip. I could see it going either way. But I don't think it's a slam dunk for the bears that NVIDIA is going to lose 100 points on this report.
0: But I mean, backing up, I mean, if you would have told me a week ago, Dennis, that we'd be talking today about, is the bar set too low for NVIDIA going into earnings? I would have said, you're crazy. No, the bar set way too high. But now that we're here, I don't think I don't It seems The bar like... is
1: not as high as it was a week ago.
0: Right. I mean, you went from like on a pole vault, it being like the world record, it's got to break the record and jump higher than anyone's ever jumped before to now. Oh, you know, this is actually manageable, manageable. right? It seems actually doable for NVIDIA to report some numbers that gets the market back excited about these names. And like you said, does that mean we're going to see SMCI up 250 bucks more? No, probably not. But can NVIDIA, you know, report a number that again gets people back buying this stock? I think so. I wouldn't be deterred again if you were bullish by, you know, these couple down days that this thing is So the expected move.
1: Um, Chad, if you've got, do you have the expected move?
0: I, I think it's about 11% or it was like when I looked yesterday. Yeah.
1: I'll just go to the options. I can quickly figure it out. Options are obviously closed, but we can take the closing prices and figure it out. Stock closes 694. If I do the weekly options on 690, um, that's looking at $40 and $35, Sorry, about seventy-five bucks if my error math is correct there. So, so a
0: little me, more than ten percent, yeah, like eleven percent right now. Yeah,
1: so that's about right. So seventy-five dollars. It's a big expected move here. So, you know, if it went up seventy-five dollars, it would obviously be back up at all-time highs. And I think that's a bogey for it. I mean, if it blows it away, can it get up over the seven forty-six? Let's talk about you know scenario analysis. They do blow it away. Algos rip it higher. Well, seventy-five point move on top of that would bring it right around. You know, if we, it depends where we go out here today, you know, it was 681 and we still have the full trading day ahead, but let's say hypothetically, when out where it's at right now. That would put it up right around, you know, the 750 area, near the, the all time high. And then if it misses, you know, the 600, which is a nice round number here. So that would be your range, you know, if you're looking CC, obviously. Great oh man, I think it's down to 600.
0: AI. I think it's down to 600. I'm buying that all day long.
1: You're gonna buy. You're gonna catch the falling knife. AB is ready to, you know, get his well, hands again, dirty, again, catch again, the falling knife. Put on some gloves
0: for the long term. Because even if I buy it at six hundred and it goes down to five hundred, I'm not gonna be selling. I'm gonna be like, okay, well, I'll, I'll buy more at five hundred and hold it for ten years. Like, know, I, that's I, like
1: Warren Buffett. Now the, yeah, the whole thing is exactly just, the, the argument against the long term is, and I'll tell you the argument against the long term. I'm talking against my book here is pull forward. Obviously, that these earnings, you know, growth is not sustainable. Um, But also the argument against the long term is that there's going to be competition coming from everywhere, you know, from from not only, you know, the obvious AMD, but from, you know, other places, you know, from, you know, Microsoft, from, you know, people making companies making their own chips, doing their own thing. So that's the argument against the long term Um, valuation, which is what, you know, a lot of people, like I've said before, have been arguing against the long term. I don't believe NVIDIA, as you know, the valuation is an issue. I believe it's the potential for increased competition that could be the issue for the long term. So just keep that in mind. When you're paying PEs of 33, 34, 35, a lot of things have to go right. When you're paying PEs on PA and W of 50, a lot of things have to go right. When they don't, you see what happens. So it's set up, kind of not great, but at the same time, I do believe in the story and I do believe NVIDIA is going to go higher long term. So I am with you.
0: Yeah. And I don't disagree about the competition. In fact, you've already seen in the past few months, like some bigger companies, Google, I think said they were going with AMD instead of NVIDIA on some like certain chips. Um, But I think then the the question is, do I think that this industry, the semiconductor overall industry is going to grow enough? to, uh, you know, that that you can withstand other competition coming in. And I think that answer is yes. And then I think that NVIDIA will still continue to be a leader. Maybe there won't be as much separation between NVIDIA and its closest competitors five, ten years down the road. But I think, I mean, I think at this point, if NVIDIA essentially, like, gave up its status as the leader in this space, then it would be a big, big, you know, mismanagement from their leadership team. Uh, real quick, just I want on kind of, I guess, like a trade idea, Sure. Um, a few quarters ago, uh, where my cursor is right here when Nvidia first had its like huge report with this AI boom, last May, the stock was up twenty five percent. So I thought uh, that, okay, Nvidia is gonna blow it out of the water this quarter. you know, demand for its chips are are way up. And I was looking at the options trying to buy calls. And so this is for me, like with a, a smaller account, I'm not really doing a lot of spreads or selling. You know, I'm more just like looking for, okay, can I buy some cheaper options and hope hope to hit a home run on them? They were way too expensive into the report, Dennis. So instead, I bought QQQ calls that expired the next day uh, that were slightly cheaper. And then on NVIDIA's report, the Qs ended up like 2.5% that day. And I made a killing uh, that day. So I might look for something similar today to be like, okay, well, if I think NVIDIA is going to blow it out of the water... Yeah then hopefully that means that gets other tech stocks, you know, back in the green. And so maybe I might be looking at some QQQ calls that expire tomorrow that are, you know, two percent above the break even so that way if it, if there is a blowout and all these tech names are trading higher tomorrow i can make some money on it without buying these options that are just ungodly expensive good, on NVIDIA. good point
1: you're making here to ab and i would stay away so if you're doing that strategy stick with the Q some people are like i'm gonna buy spy options because if Nvidia blows it away the sps no. can really go just be careful because you'll have a rotation happen. Believe me, if NVIDIA really blows it away, there's a possibility that IWM could actually get hit. You know, S&P has some other stocks in there, too. S&P is, you know, still heavily weighted mega cap tech, but also has other things in there, too. So I just, you know, I'd stick with the tech trade. I think tomorrow or tonight and into tomorrow, obviously, as the dust settles from the when the NVIDIA report. I think it's going to be more of an IWM versus NVIDIA. I wouldn't be surprised if the IWM goes in the opposite direction, complete opposite direction of NVIDIA. Like NVIDIA's, you know, where let's just say hypothetically NVIDIA is up 100 points. I wouldn't be surprised the IWM is down on that. So just be careful with that. We've kind of seen this mega cap tech versus IWM. I think it could be even more pronounced tonight. So I think you're going to have some vicious rotation. If NVIDIA gets whacked, iwm might actually rally on that so just keep that in mind the rotations are wicked and they are real
0: right now 100 i see jay rice in the chat saying buying yolo calls on earnings is a losing strategy 100 percent. don't disagree but i'm saying like i i just kind of like to do this for fun sometimes So i'll take a couple hundred sure. bucks buy some calls or puts not something i do with my like real portfolio um lottery like, tickets yeah they're lottery tickets and it's fun when you get one right and i I mean, that one in May was like, oh my, it worked out. I even texted my friend and I was like, buy QQQ calls tomorrow. NVIDIA's options are too expensive. He didn't do it. And then I was sending him screenshots of my brokerage the next day. Nice. Like I, I mean, my 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 calls were up like thousands of percents. And I was like, see what you could have. I told you, I told you. And then, uh, you know, of course, it doesn't usually work like that. That works out, you know, for me, maybe like one out of every five or whatever. But it's fun, again, when it does. And I don't I don't treat it any differently than if I were to you know make a sports bet with a couple hundred dollars is basically what it is and and again
1: keep that in mind when you're buying options so yeah i mean it's we've it's, got our guest in the background here martha is waiting here so let's do the intro run the intro here and get martha on here
0: let's do it martha stokes from Trader. let's give her our pre-market prep welcome and see what martha's been watching when we come back Hi, Martha. Welcome back to Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. How are you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me again.
0: Of course. I see where you're uh, you're sharing your screen. Let's go ahead and get that pulled up. And uh, what have you been watching?
2: I have been watching uh, the cycles. I'd like to introduce cycle theory to you. That's my specialty. Oh, uh, one of the things that people are talking about is are we going to go into a recession? Is this going to continue? What's going on? The detrender takes the trend out of the any trend that you have so what if you look at 20 2018 you see that the cycle is trending down but the price of the uh, the index value of the dow continues up this is the dow 30 on a monthly scale so our bearer cycle started in 2018 and troughed in the 2020. knowing this you're going to be able to be aware that lost stocks are going to start selling down slightly because of rotation from the buy side institutions they're going to start peeling off a lot of inventory that they want to move elsewhere or park uh, because oftentimes they'll support the market in a bear cycle and they want to have enough cash flow. So you'll start seeing that peeling off. So that cycle is very important. This is a deviated peak. This is my specialty. You don't see it in the chart here on your value scale, but you do see it with the cycle theory, uh, the cycles detrending trending the actual trend. So we had a deviated peak. It was a double reverberation here that warned us that there was going to be more downside. But as you see, there was a shallower uh, lower high designating an intermediate term correction. And this trough did complete on that. So now we have a further uptrend. But we also can see that we are uh, bending this curve a little bit because we need to correct because the angle of ascent is too steep. Anytime you have a very steep angle of ascent, that's going to change the Nasdaq. We have no big worries about a major bear market, but we have a market. This is an extreme deviated peak to extreme deviated trough for the Nasdaq. We had a little correction here. It was slower at it coming around than the Dow or the S and P five hundred. Now it's bending a little bit here, bending a little bit here. We're going to have a correction here, and you're going to you, you gentlemen have been talking about Nvidia and S smci and all the others that's where your correction is coming from those stocks are far beyond their fundamental values the earnings reports or for the retail side the fundamental values are what the institutions looking at they started moving out of some of these stocks a little bit earlier if we go to palo alto and we look at it for well let's look at the monthly i mean it's uh it's a likes the mics i mean this this guy is way over 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 its uh, fundamental values which are down around here before even reports that's a warning. you can see the extreme deviated peak on its cycle. It didn't trough properly here so we can see some correction. What you're trying to learn here is how do I know when we go into the earnings season what's going to happen? I'm on delayed I don't this is this is a student
1: yeah right. Event,
2: so I'm delayed I'm not showing sure current current opening uh, prices here. But if we look at this from a fundamental value, where the heck did the institutions stop buying, stop investing in the stock as terms of fundamentals? Fundamentals are down here. Uh, this is pro-trader pushing. This is a nudge, and they were pushing it up in a little consolidation. This is speculation. This is all trying to drive the price. Smaller funds managers are your are the reason why these things are collapsing. Small funds managers, uh, small asset management companies with under $3 billion in assets under management are no longer classified as the retail side, as the professional side. They're classified by the SEC as a retail because they don't have to report. And what happens is they use the VWAP order. The VWAP order is the most dangerous order we have in the market because when you have a selling spree, HFTs gap this stock down. VWAP orders are supposed to act on volume weighted at price. So when you have a huge volume drop, then all of a sudden these VWAP orders start firing off faster and faster and faster. And you just have this huge collapse going on. Meanwhile, the dark bulls are going, hmm, where are the fundamentals of Palo Alto right now? Where, Where would we step in to buy? Again, it's not going to be here. They would step in later if they want more someplace in here. So this is this is what we look at what we want to see and what I try to teach my professional students because they have to be able to know before the event happens. What is most likely the probability, not a prediction, but probability of what's going to happen? You can always have surprise earnings. You can, but yeah, either way. And HFTs have a tendency to not always be accurate in what they're, what they, whether they gap it up or gap it down. You have a gap at market open. It's HFTs. They're filling those queues. They're hammering those queues with tons of small lot orders. It causes the stock to have force the computers of the market to gap it down. And then VWAP uh, orders start firing off, and it runs down very fast. That's what you're seeing. Um, NVIDIA, you were looking at, you were talking yeah, about. Yeah,
1: bring up NVIDIA. That'd be good to see. Yeah,
2: uh, Fundamental values were here. They moved up a little bit. Then it went speculative, and there's no more buying going on by the dark pools at all. They're just watching the speculation. Uh, there is minimal support here. Uh, The question that the fundamentalists have, which are the buy side institutions, they are the mutual funds, pension funds. They're responsible for the vast wealth of the middle class of America, the largest middle class in the world and the largest with the largest amount of money in in any market. And our foreign funds, uh, a lot of people want to trade the stock market because it's the largest market in the world. And uh, they just don't have uh, these huge companies that we have. We have massive companies that are great to invest in. But where are the fundamentals? Is it going to be able to sustain? Is it going to be able to hold? Is it going to come in with fundamentals that are going to really make us feel like, okay, this is a a price that's worth it? Or is it going to gap down? If it shows a a guidance that is even slightly weak, where's the support? There isn't much. Um, And that's what the fundamentals look, what the buy-side institutions look at, was where are the fundamentals? We could care less about the P and E ratio, that's changing all the time, who cares? Um, What we care about is where are the true value of the fundamentals? I believe that it has a higher fundamentals, but we'll have to wait and see. I do not see any heavy uh, rotation going on. If I look at my student, uh, there is a peak right here and that's why it's turning. This indicator is a jewel for retail traders because before the price moves down, it warns that it's going to move down the next two days. If you're a swing trader, a short-term trader, this oscillator is a volume oscillator. Uh, I have several oscillators for different v- various uh, charting software programs. They peak at that, at that final update so that you know that you can sell the next day and get out on your swing trade and get out at close to the high. That's a very important oscillator to have. Most people use price oscillators and eh, that isn't going to work in this market anymore. You need the volume oscillators, and that's something that I teach. This is flow of funds, showing what's going on there. So we see that beforehand that there's some rotation going out by the professional traders. They're not comfortable uh, swing trading this into its earnings season. So we we have a lot of pre-warnings that are going on that a lot of times- Let's
1: stick, can I stick with NVIDIA here for a second, Martha? Because everybody's talking about it and you're talking about, you know, the fundamental value area. Where is that fundamental value area for you? Like, let's just say NVIDIA disappoints and pulls back significantly. Does that equal a buying opportunity for you? And where would you, you know, be telling your traders to look, you know, at potentially buying this on a point?
2: I I think NVIDIA's uh, quarterly for this is going to come in as, you know, close like you do i do agree with you thoroughly i've been listening to your commentary and i agree with what you're saying as a long-term investment uh and not too worried about it um whether to add more uh again i agree with you that you should wait uh it's over speculated it's it's uh monthly chart is an extremely deviated peak you know so i would as a cycle theorist i would be looking at that level if you go back to the daily chart you know, we're looking back at this fundamental level here. I don't think it's going to go that, that far at all. But I do, I do say that there will be more, no more purchasing by the buy side institutions until it can prove that it can hold its fundamentals. It's not this quarter they're worried about. Where are we? We're in the second month of the first quarter of this year. That's where they are. They could care less about the fourth quarter. They already knew where that was. They went in buying well ahead of this fourth quarter. They're now looking at the first quarter of this year and they're saying, okay, what's going to happen? Is it going to be able to hold this? Is it going to go flat on its its exponential earnings and revenues? what is it going to do? They do not have confidence in it right now. That doesn't mean they're selling, they're holding, they're going to hold, but they're going to wait to see before accumulating more. Now, since they're the powerhouse behind all of the uh, sideways action and all of the price movement and that, follows the momentum that follows their accumulation them waiting means that it's going to slow down that price how far it gaps down depends on how many small and lot investors and your vwap orders from your small funds and small asset uh, management companies they're the ones that are going to drive it down if it drives it down to say here and there's actually fundamental support here that the institutions have calculated with a quantitative analysis they will come in and you will see the sudden pop up. Whenever you have a a quiet accumulation here going on, if the stock tricks down, goes below their fundamental values, they buy and push up. That's a key trigger signal. You have a stock that suddenly runs down and the next day it pops right back up. That's dark pool buy zone. You just struck a dark pool buy zone, that TWAP order triggers and they push it right back up into their zone. If it goes outside of their zone, they stop buying. And then it sells back down into their zone and they keep on buying. This is a very important thing that I try to teach my CMT candidates, my professionals and my retail traders who've decided they really want to get serious about making some real good money in the market. Because this tells you what's going on before it happens. So uh, everybody uh, has been waiting and enjoying the ride and prepared to um, exit. Some people have exited already. You have two small candles here representing pro traders. They're out of it now. And they're just sitting back and saying, "Okay, what are the small funds managers going to do to the stock? Are they going to rip it to shreds? Is HFT going to gap it down hugely? Is it going to hold at a decent level, which would be more which would be higher right in here? And are we going to end up having a little thing? So they're they're not in this stock. They're already made their decisions. They're already waiting.
1: Can we look at a stock that maybe has the opposite story, Tesla? Because it's kind of been hated here as of late. It's gone nowhere for the better part of a year, over a year now. Um, It's significantly off of its all-time highs. Can we just look at, you know, obviously your statistics here and talk Tesla?
2: Tesla? Oh, Tesla, yeah. Well, Tesla is, uh, okay, the biggest problem with Tesla is that the uh, buy-side institutions Go and visit each company that they own a huge amount of money in. And they don't really hold a lot. They're holding 43 right now. That's desperately low <laughs> for a huge, big company. And what the buy side institutions are saying right now is we're going to keep selling CEO and, and board of directors until you get rid of your of the CEO that you have and get it, someone in place who will take this, com- this big, beautiful company and take it seriously and stop playing games. We have to have a strong CEO in every one of our major corporations. The ones that are going to excel have magnificent CEOs who take their job seriously and really drive that company. So we're looking at this guy and we're looking at this uh, lack of confidence in the CEO. And that's what you're seeing in this. And you can see it trickling down. We do have an extreme deviated peak to a trough, but the trough is reverberating because they're still selling. They're still slowly rotating, going out. Okay, you want us to reinvest in your company? You get rid of that guy. As soon as that guy is gone, and I know he's very popular by some people, but buy-side institutions don't like him. They don't like the fact that he abandons this company and goes off in pursuit of wild, crazy things. This has support here. And if there's any inference that there's going to be a change of management, then it could do much better than it's going to do. If it doesn't, it's going to sit here in this trading range for a very long period of time. <clears throat> I've seen this before because uh, what what the retail side doesn't realize is that the institutions just have huge clout as investors. They have the buying, buying and selling power. They have the voting power. And right now, they're not happy. If they were happier with this than this company, if they had a CEO that they felt would really, really drive it, then it would be doing better. Uh, we can see that in, in, in Microsoft years ago. If we go back in time to uh, to the long, 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 boring cycle.
1: 16 years of consolidation. 16 years.
2: Then you get this magnificent CEO who's been working his way up through uh, all the things. Just a brilliant guy. And look at this baby take off. They were so happy. As soon as he came in, man, they started buying this. And uh, then other people of course went in because it, it, was, it just got great products and it did well during the pandemic, but not overly so. Uh, because uh, it was catering to the small businesses who were struggling to survive the uh, pandemic. The government wasn't helping <laughs> the small companies much, mostly the bigger companies. And so that, that Azure and all the things that they had for small business, and now they have their AI for small business doing very well. Uh, this is a great little company. You can see it's a little overextended on its, <clears throat> its mm-hmm. extreme peak and extreme deviation. It had a perfect cycle pattern, but a soft landing on its price excellent. It moved up too quickly. It corrected on its, its pattern. And so we're going to have another little correction here, but this stock can continue for quite some time. It's like you say, in NVIDIA is a long-term investment. Microsoft is a long-term investment because these are just the beginnings of the new technologies. There's going to be all kinds of improvements, enhancements. There's going to be competition. There's going to be people coming in to fix AI because ai has a lot of problems so like microsoft in the early days of the 90s it was so exciting and all these bugs and all these problems that you had and then all of a sudden all these little little niche uh, markets came up and little companies came up to fix all of microsoft's problem we're gonna have the same thing with ai so we're gonna have this plethora of young new startups fixing the bugs of ai for the larger corporations pretty much that's what I feel will happen again. It's already started. If you look at the national NASDAQ private equity market, they have all these little companies that they're nurturing and taking looking after. And they have all this revenue that they're able to um, help them grow with uh, because they're infusing investment dollars into those companies early. The buy side institutions are buying pre IPO on the NASDAQ private market.
0: Well, we've been on the line with Martha Stokes again from Technotrader. If you want to check out Technotrader, we've got that QR code on the screen as well as a link in the description. Martha, this has been so much great information, a perfect preview of uh, NVIDIA's earnings this afternoon. Thank you so much for hopping on with us this morning.
2: Thank you for having me. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks, Martha. Uh, all righty, guys. We still have a couple of earnings that we did not get to yep. last night. Uh, Dennis, let's start with. I mean, we've been talking about the the ugly. I guess let's stay on the ugly. Solar sure. Edge, ticker C E D G, uh, trading SDG. down now yep. about you know, almost 18% this morning. Let me get you the numbers yeah. there. Uh, I mean, everything in this space just seems so out the of place. Solar favor.
1: has just been an epic disaster. But again, ENPH, you know reported into that and actually popped and their earnings were just okay what were these solar edge numbers give me these numbers because i'm surprised you know i kind of thought the bar was really low here right and i thought if they said anything okay that the stock could actually rally on that um the report didn't so, look that bad.
0: yeah the report itself wasn't that bad dennis so the gap ep or non-gap eps came in at a loss of 92 cents which beat estimates by 42 cents so a pretty sizable beat on eps there Slight miss on sales revenue of three hundred and sixteen million, missed by about nine million. But here's where the kicker comes in: uh, sales guidance far below expectations. Mm-hmm. So not just you know a slight uh, you know miss on the guidance, but a uh, uh, far below the street expectations on guidance. Um, and again, you're seeing the stock get punished this morning. This. Everything. I mean, I, I'll pull up the Tan ETF because you can just see how this thing has been trading really all basically this year and where just to the downside yeah, or not the, you know, the past couple of days. I mean, it's just, Oh wait, why is it pulling up in videos? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Get a definitely little re- not, that's definitely it's, not it's the tan. tan. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> wait, I was just talking about how this thing hasn't participated in the rally, but then it yeah, has that that was, that was Nvidia. It. Um, so, I mean, if you look at this whole year where my cursor is, is the start of this year, January tan was at $53 January. Second, uh, when we opened trading now it's at 44. So the whole year, Growth has really been kind of in favor. I mean, specifically in the semi-space, but some of these tech stocks, but solar and these clean energy names have just not participated whatsoever, just seem very out of favor right now.
1: And they continue to be out of favor because these are all financed plays, meaning they're big ticket items that require financing. And that is just not, you know, the Fed has not given them the, the environment where they're going to succeed. And if we're higher rates for longer, that still doesn't equal good news for any of the solar companies here. I know for solar has been okay, it's held on. But we know, you know, when you look at these things, you know, where they were at the all time highs and where they are now, it coincides perfectly. When we started raising rates, it was the green light to like, get let's get out of these plays because eventually they're going to get hit with just, you know, the rates. And until we start actually seeing the Fed lower rates, it's tough to get long these stocks. I don't have any solar stocks in my long-term portfolio. Would I put them in? I mean, rates have got to start coming down, you know, and again, you know, some of this stuff is just, you know, it's, you know, you do your project analysis there and you're plugging in those financing costs. And when the financing costs are higher, projects get killed like this, you know, it's all about, you know, just doing it. And and so that's the issue that they're facing. And it's, you know, not enough that we think rates are going to be going lower. We need rates to go lower. These companies need rates to go lower. So, you know, ENPH has had a lift. But you know, give a perspective here too. EMPH was a three hundred thirty-nine dollars stock, so one hundred twenty-two bucks. So it has been just slaughtered as well. All these other smaller ones, you know, you wonder if they can even stay in business. SunPower fifty dollars to three. Sunrun, if you want to just go through them all here, they've all just been disasters. Over a hundred dollars. It's fifteen bucks here now. Um, there's Canadian Solar CSIQ was sixty-seven dollars, is twenty-two bucks. It's just across the board. It's the story of interest rates, and this it, and these companies were at ground zero for when you know they started raising rates.
0: And to your point too, I mean that these companies you know need to lower interest rates because they're the ones that are going to borrow money and have to you know spend all this money. Uh, if I wonder if there wasn't as much, and I you know I don't want to get too much into politics, but you know I don't think the market like all of us we don't know who's going to win the twenty twenty four U S presidential election. But I'd imagine that, you know, if Biden were like a shoe in to win, then these companies would probably be seen as, okay, these companies will have an easier time getting loans or getting money should they need it. Uh, and then maybe with that uncertainty, it's like, okay, they, they've got some money flowing in right now, some loans coming in from the DOE to a lot of these clean energy companies. But does that dry up if, you know, Biden doesn't win the election? And so maybe some of that uncertainty too. just say, okay, if interest rates stay higher and then you don't have that... A government that's willing to kind of fund these companies if they're in trouble then that could be a recipe of, uh, for disaster for some of these solar names
1: it, it, it's a tough environment here for them. I think there's a turnaround story here eventually but I mean you know give a yeah. perspective solar edge is losing a lot of money right now. it's not like we've got you know strong you know these companies are still making money the peas are still low and eventually they're going to turn around. I mean if the rates stay up here for the foreseeable future there's the possibility that these companies that continue to burn cash could get themselves into some trouble. So it's hard to come in here. It's hard to buy stocks that are losing money.
0: Yeah, 100 um, percent. Let's see, what else did we we've got a couple minutes left? Are there any other big earnings last night that we we haven't talked about yet?
1: then? Yeah, there were some good ones. I mean, Teladoc is another disaster. Oh, yeah. Kathy disaster, and you know, every time you think Kathy's just getting it going and she's starting to look like she's turning it around, they pull the rug out from under her again. Well, Teladoc is going to pull the rug out from under ARKK here today because she's got a pile of that. It's one of her biggest holdings. It's down 21% here. Give us the report here, AB.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and pull up the news here on Teladoc. We had, okay, so it looks like guidance was disappointing. Uh, EPS looks like in the 110 to 80 cent range versus a buck 23 estimates, revenue came in at 2.63 billion, 2.63 to 2.73 billion below the $2.7 billion estimate. I mean, all these like COVID type plays. Like you're talking Zoom, TeleDoc, uh, like you mentioned, still some of Kathy's biggest holdings. But I mean, this thing just got crushed after weeks. Zoom has it. been
1: a disaster. She was just the master of yeah, chasing right. everything, buying you know growth at all costs, and it just didn't work out. She bought a lot of companies that just, so, just weren't very good. She so this one trick pony. Tesla was her trick.
0: This site, Kathy's Ark, it's not from ARKK, but it's someone else's site that they have. Because you know how Ark actually sends out its like daily yeah. trades. So they track everything on this site. So this is combined with all of Kathy's oh, cool. funds, uh, yeah. you know, what her top holdings are. So it's Coinbase still with She's a-, a huge
1: believer in crypto. She thinks Bitcoin's going to like a bazillion dollars.
0: Yeah. Okay. This is actually interesting because Teladoc definitely used to be in this top 10 here.
1: We, we want to know why it's not there. Oh, because the, the, the market value is The gone price keeps so... falling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she probably hasn't sold the shares. It's just a matter of the price has fallen so far that it's, it's become insignificant almost in her portfolio. But I mean, it was $300 she a more than, share. Is... It's 15 bucks. Is this a new all-time low? It's getting close to Nick' new all-time lows. I believe Back in 2016, I don't know if that's when an IPO, that's as far back as my data goes. The low was $14. You're approaching all-time lows for Teladoc.
0: Oh, my God. And look, it's got her cost average right here uh, for Teladoc. Oh, that's fun. Where is that? 148 to 172. (laughs) <laughs> not a good one
1: that's a fun thing just to look at all of her cost dollar cost i was like how much cash she has burned tesla's got to be good though the tesla thing has like made her where's her Tesla? Well,
0: oh, now but i mean now it's only so she's her co- buying, because she
1: sold some and bought some so, so it's, it's 80, 85
0: it to one oh eight. So it's like yeah. about like a hundred percent gainer for her for Tesla, but that's by far her coinbase
1: her... is much higher, cost base. Yeah, UiPath nah. is much higher. Ro- cost base. I mean this
0: Roku one is terrible. She's
1: been so efficient at just burning money. Roku. <laughs> it's amazing, you know, that she grew as much as she did. And I know we'd pick on her a lot, but I do believe she's one of the poorest money managers and and like i've like who, you know, obviously there's lots of poor money managers, but you know, of that have been talked about and talked about and, you know, you know, given, you know, as much credit as she has been given. I mean, she has massively underperformed the Qs over the course of, you know, the ETF. So people get mad when I trash her, though. But I mean, I just try to push people away from investing with her because her investments have been so poor.
0: Yeah. And I've definitely over time, you know, when when we were right in that growth cycle after COVID, like 2021, and ARC was you know, outperforming the cues. I, you know, maybe I got, got a little swept up to it. Like, oh, she's such a visionary. She has all this. And over time, you kind of like, the more I listen to her talk and like read some of the reports, I'm just like, I I question really everything she says now in terms of yeah, like- question
1: it all. Yeah. I mean, a like, lot of it is nonsense.
0: Yeah, whether you're talking about her her Bitcoin price targets or what she says about Tesla, this or that. I mean, I don't know. It's just hard, I think, to really, uh, you know, not take what she's saying with a grain of salt at this point.
1: So okay, we picked on Kathy enough here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kathy Wood. We love you. Um, other stocks that reported last night. There was a lot of uh, a lot of reports here, but you know, again, we're into midcap season here. So you know, you got the Solar Edge, the TeleDox Wingstop, which has been going, you know, and there, there. Let's look at this one because this one is a Momo trade too, and this one has just wicked, wickedly, wickedly been going up nonstop. W i n g, and the earnings were good here too. Sixty-four cents versus fifty-seven cents, one hundred twenty-seven million versus one hundred nineteen million in sales. It's a small company. I mean, you're talking—is that right? Is that it's only a hundred million in sales? I got to go look at the market cap of Wingstop.
0: Yeah, so I mean, didn't realize
1: the company's that small. Yeah, yeah it's so- only a nine billion dollar company, so it's still a small company, but it's been going and going and going. Just be careful. Just as much as I said with Lily yesterday, when Lily was at the highs of three ninety, I was like, the Momo trade is coming off here right now. So I'm like, I'd be cautious you know, chasing Lily up here. Obviously, Lily has sold off significantly in just one day because the Momo trade's coming off. This Wingstop's been all Momo too. So the earnings were good, but I'd be very cautious buying this dip on this thing because this thing has just been rip-roaring 200 to 330, overbought, and they're selling that kind of stuff right now. So the earnings were fine, but they're selling those kind of stocks. I'd be careful chasing this thing right now. I actually think Wingstop, even though the report was good, I just... Think that they're not buying Momo here at least this morning. So I'd be very careful chasing I mean, this thing. Stock seems here. Really and e- that's my words to say that I think the stock could actually go down.
0: Yeah. I mean, this thing's really expensive. I mean, like you said, 127 million. In sales, so if you you know do that times four, about five you know about half a billion dollars a year, and it's trade and it's trading at uh, almost ten billion dollar market cap. So, and I mean with with stuff like this with Wingstop, you know with foods, Shake Shack did also report a few days ago, and and those numbers were good. Um, But to to me, there's just such a ceiling. There's a cap on how much growth you can have, right? I mean, like how many how many chicken wings can you really sell in a year? How many new locations can Wingstop? really open so even if the numbers continue to be good you're not going to see the type of growth that i'm looking for in long-term positions because you, you you just physically can't sell that many chicken wings
1: and i mean they've been growing revenue at 26 percent year over year so they are growing significantly the key on this thing is 111 that's the forward PE, so they're projecting that out 111 so it is priced for perfection and the report was just fine it wasn't you know blowing it away i honestly think like this stock could be sub 300
0: I will. Okay, so James makes a good point because there are food stocks out there that are exceptions to that. And you're looking at, you know, Chipotle and Domino's Pizza have been like big winners where they actually have seen grown. Yeah, they've had this like, you know, really great growth. But I think if you look at all the different publicly traded food companies out there, I could probably make a basket of like 25 and 30. And only three of them, you know, fit that bill of, okay, you have actually seen this growth exponential uh, th- growth yeah the exponential growth that you can that you can almost uh relate it to what you would see out of a tech stock uh with Domino's Pizza or Chipotle whereas those are outliers you know typically and i think a lot of people now that they've seen chipotle they're looking for oh Cava can be the next chipotle oh wingstop huh. can be the next chipotle well not everything can be chipotle right like,
1: i want to give you some perspective here too think about how big domino's pizza is domino's pizza is Everywhere, and we've talked about the story of how Domino's Pizza and everybody wants to be. Do you know what the Domino's Pizza market cap is?
0: Um, I'll guess. Yes, fifteen billion.
1: Yeah, it's only fourteen billion. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, yeah, but it's, think it's, about it's, it's that. Already, Domino's has already yeah. executed and grown like that. Wingstop is a market cap of nine point five billion. So you are like only, you know, you're two thirds of the size and market cap of Domino's pizza, but I pretty much guarantee you Wingstop is not even close to the size, you know, with the number of stores that they have of Domino's pizza. So just consider that. You know not every story is going to be like chipotle and chipotle's market cap is immense chipotle has executed like nobody else since the e coli stuff you know p is still 48 on it. it's not cheap it's got a 70 billion dollar market cap but i think your comparisons to more like domino's pizza as opposed to chipotle because people want to say wingstop is the next chipotle i don't know if that's the case maybe it is maybe they're that good maybe it's going to be you know 70 billion dollar company but you know the market cap here you know for most restaurants, the good ones is 10, 15 billion. Yeah, that's where and it's Wing at. Stop's already a, there. And, and, a lot of the growth has already happened here in the stock price. So that's my argument is that it's got to really execute and it's got to start separating itself to look like the next Chipotle, or otherwise you are buying a bubble on Wingstop.
0: This conversation is making me a little hungry. But do you remember I'm hungry too. Do, you, do you remember at one point uh when people were saying Domino's, it's not like a pizza play, it's a tech play?
1: Yeah, uh, that was Kramer already saying that. Domino's, that, that that Domino's is technology is a tech play. play.
0: Yeah. But either way, at, at one point, to Domino's credit, if you look at the price action from, say, like 2012 to 2022, those 10 years, Domino's actually outperformed like Apple in that 10 years, uh, Nvidia, Tesla, Netflix, whatever stock you want to look at. Domino's at one point was like the best performing stock in that 10 year period. So you got to give credit where credit's due. But again, to your point, Dennis, like, do I what I want to buy Wingstop when its valuation is basically only slightly lower than Domino's. And I personally think Domino's is a lot bigger and probably still has some more growth to go compared to Wingstop. So I don't know. They're I mean, they saying
1: in the chat that there's 1,900 Wingstops. So there's a lot of Wingstops. But I would argue that I'm just looking at the fundamental numbers here. And PEs, I've never made a lot of money buying a PE on a restaurant of 111. So they better keep growing like crazy. They better be growing like you know nobody's business to justify a PE of 111. I'll leave and, it at that.
0: And yeah, and I was going to say, I mean, look, like it, uh, to the people in the chat singing Wingstop's praises, I might be completely wrong on Wingstop. And we're, talking, we are. And, and oh, we're, and we're talking about this as a, like it's a Chipotle in a year or two or whatever. I'm just saying if I had to pick what I put Wingstop in more the camp of Chipotle and Domino's or the camp of all these other food stocks like Wendy's, Shake Shack, et cetera, that haven't really done that much, I would probably put it in the latter. And again, I I reserve my right to be wrong because I've been I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again.
1: And Paul making a good point. Domino's Pizza 10 times the revenue of Wingstop yet only has a 30% higher market cap. So Wingstop better be growing. That is lofty valuations. You talk about NVIDIA being overvalued 35 times earnings. You're paying 111 times earnings for a restaurant. That's that's expensive
0: yeah and i mean like all right yeah like we you know if if you have those multiples you better have the growth to back it up i'm from the show me state so now it's time to show me for you know nvidia like if you're gonna you gotta justify those valuations and those multiples tonight's the night to do it so again all eyes will be on nvidia we will be streaming that earnings call here on our channel at Benzinga. So when the time comes at 4:30, you want to tune in. Make sure to come back here. Subscribe if you have not already. We got Joel coming back tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna trade places with Joel. I don't think I'll be here, Dennis, but I'll you'll be in good hands.
1: Good. So oh, you're gonna be gone.
0: Uh yeah, for the next two. Days okay, I'm so Joel, on- we got
1: coming back. We've got you know Nvidia earnings to digest, and not only Nvidia. There's a lot of companies reporting earnings tonight here. I'll just give you a few other names: Rivian. None of these companies are going to get much airtime because it's all going to be talked about Nvidia. But there are some big ones. Etsy is going to report. We got the Cheesecake Factory, Bros. Old Money Mitch has picked up. Dutch Bros is going to be reporting. We've got more um, food stocks making me more hungry. Yeah, there you go. Bally's, CWH, Lucid's going to report tomorrow. We're going to get Square and Booking and Intuit. Um, we're going to get uh, Wayfair and Moderna is going to report. Carvana is going to report. So we got some more exciting reports coming as well. Oh, man. But NVIDIA is going to be whatever.
0: I wish I was going to be here tomorrow morning. We're going to have so much to talk about. But uh, real quick, we're going to wrap up. R- Rivian, I mean, what is your like 20 second take? You think the company's going to make it? I mean, I feel like I now- am still
1: a fan of rivian okay not the stock as much but, and i've said this before i was going to be a time to buy rivian stock i don't think rivian is a zero i think it's going to be a player in EV. i think they make amazing vehicles here it's just a matter of maybe now is not the time you know we still have higher interest rates here maybe when they actually start lowering interest rates we look at this one but you know the market cast 15 billion could it be a tesla well it's not going to be tesla but could it be you know uh number two in ev especially when the other automakers are now moving more to hybrid right. and not pure ev i think that's good news for rivian i'd love to see rivian and i don't know when they're projected to turn profits here maybe a very long time away um but you know it's come down a long ways and i do think that you know there's going to be huge growth here i actually like rivian long term but it's hard here just because the company still loses money
0: 100 i think basically if the company can withstand this cycle of higher interest rates. This is the
1: cycle. It's got to withstand. Yeah.
0: yeah, If it can just withstand this and then we get to those cuts eventually, then Rivian will be a little bit further along in his production and everything. I think it'll be fine, but you got to survive. Basically just hold on. Survive. It's like a fighter like that, you know, just make it through this round and then we'll be good. All right. So, but as long as it doesn't get knocked out and get TK'd before the end of what, you know, the bell rings, then I think we'll be okay. So I, I, I'm hundred percent with you there, not in it now, but I think there will be a time to buy it. all right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to Pre-Market Prep this morning. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Until then, uh, stay green and good luck if you're trading NVIDIA's earnings.